Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by C4 Labs. And welcome one and all to, I think, episode 16 of the R&R Show. And welcome back, Ruel, who took a week off last week. Thanks, Rado. I'm so happy to be here. You know, there was no way I was going to miss our sweet 16, my friends. So. I didn't even think of that. Look Good at you. Um, right? Your time away has not dulled your razor-sharp entertainment senses. Well done, sir. Cool, cool, Thank cool. Thank you. And, you know, I've got to say one thing. Yes. That mustache of yours, my friend, is looking very, very sharp. Oh, there's a whole thing about the mustache. And, folks, if you'd like to know about it, you can watch the extended edition of the R&R Show, which will be going live at the same time we put just the R&R Show. It turns out there's a whole bunch of extra stuff we do before and after where we interact with a live audience, and I'll tell you the mustache story at that point. But today, just yes. pretend this lip caterpillar is nowhere to be seen. Although I never forget it. I just, I can't stop. Ugh. I actually start, started twirling it uh, last night. Oh, um, like an evil, like a villain. Look exactly. I know. It's not quite enough, but it's it's almost there. Um, anyway, though, folks, before we get going, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about our sponsor, C4 Labs. They've got a Kickstarter going right now for their new deluxe line of accessories. I actually covered some of their accessories last year, um, you know, uh, 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 dice towers and various sundry things. But this new one, which if you want, you can hit that eye in the top right corner screen or go check out the show notes these things are amazing and when this showed up in the mail the other day uh my wife jen was in the kitchen at the time of the opening and she said what is that and she was so passionate about this that she's not going to appear on camera but honey pie what do you have to say about these i didn't say what is that i said what is that she did exactly <laughs> yes um, Look at that. It is. Oh, now she wants to touch it. I, I want it. I want it. Yes. And I, I'm so glad that um, I have it because <laughs> um, I was going to try and figure out how I could win this if this was like a drawing giveaway thing. <laughs> you know, like stack the deck or something because this is just beautiful. I mean, it feels nice. It's beautifully sanded. It's smooth. It's wonderful. Yeah. And look at the joints. Yeah, that was literally the first I mean, thing she talked at... about. She said, look at the joinery on this thing. And I'm like... It, it is. It's it's a bunch of different beautiful. types of wood. Yeah. I mean, my dad was a woodworker. It is a woodworker, but has been for probably 50, 60 years. Mm -hmm. And um, so I grew up with his woodworking wood shop in you know our garage and everything. And so I I can definitely appreciate gorgeous woodworking. And this is gorgeous. Yep. Yeah. Janet. And it's mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they sent it to us. It's mine. I don't even have to steal it. Yeah, so far they haven't asked for it back, and uh, <laughs> so we haven't had to cross that bridge yet. But yeah, uh, Jen, I mean, she's not giving herself enough credit. She herself is a woodworker. I mean, you should see the heirloom quality butcher block table she made in her 20s yeah. uh, that we still use to this oh, day wow. over 20 years later. But yeah, these are gorgeous. They are a premium item. And if you'd like to know more about them, you can um, check out the link up in the top right corner or down in the show notes to go check out the Kickstarter page. And you can just, you can yeah. just pet it if you like. They it feels wonderful. It's really well designed. Just to prove, it does actually hold dice. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a nice design, too, that if you have multiple players, hey, I can store my dice over here, and then when Rel goes and rolls, he'll go on ahead and keep this one over there. So it's, 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 a, nice. it's a nice ergonomic design for gameplay, but, you know, the quality of this. And they talk about the making of these on the Kickstarter page, too. Um, you and, know. and listen to this. Oh. Listen. Okay. All right. If you can hit it. Yes, Jen loves the fact this is not real leather. This is vegan leather yep. for folks who are um, you know concerned about such things. And I'll oh, shut nice. up again. Let me let me make something close to the uh, mic. It has a really nice dull it's, sound because nice. I don't like loud. Yep. Things so. Agreed. I'm the same way, Jen. I, I love the fact that it's muted, that, that yep. sound. As much as I like the clicky-clack of dice, it's nice to have that uh, the faux leather yep. there. Well, anyway, folks, that's the sponsor for the show, and that was a special <laughs> off-screen guest appearance by my wife, Jen. There she actually was. I wasn't throwing my voice, and uh, we can get on. Thanks, Honey Pie. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Uh, wow. What a beautiful tree. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. The, the, these are stunning. Um, you know, th this is the kind of thing. This is an heirloom quality item. It really is. Uh, that if you can get your kids to love games as much as you, this will be something you hand down to them. All righty. Yeah. I think that's such a neat little feature too. The little where you can store the dice for the different yeah. players. That yeah. Is I mean, it doesn't fantastic. have to be depending on the game. It could be oh, we'll store our engine dice over here and our weapon dice over there. It could be lots of different ways. But very, very cool. Oh. And uh, um, yeah. So. 
that was getting business out of the way, but we do have a little bit more business, in fact, um, yeah. because every week, folks, um, I don't know, some of you probably show up because you would like to win a game, wouldn't you? I imagine you would. And so it is time to uh, talk about the contest. Ruel, tell them what we're going to do. We are going to be saying a secret word, folks. But the thing is, you know what the secret word is. And what you're going to do is just pay attention to the show. And when we, we, one of us is going to say the word acrylic. That's correct. Okay. And when that comes up during the show, there's going to be a specific game we're uh, talking about when I, well, I, I, I'm i going to be saying it, right? Are we, we, it's spoiler alert. Like, oh, wow. Right? Or, you totally know. spoiled it. I wasn't going to tell him. I totally spoiled one it. Of the, normally, uh, one of the advantages of tuning in early on the live show is we clue everybody in as to who will say it. But this time, Ruel spilled the beans. So it's going to be a little bit easier to spot. Yeah. So, it's not really a secret word, but you're going to have to pay attention and find exactly. out when I say mm -hmm. it. So whatever game we're talking about at the time, type in that game uh, title and send it to uh, contest.rado.com, and you'll be entered to win a game that we're looking at right now. Is That's that right? correct. This game is Keep the Heroes Out. I did a, a coverage for it when it was on Kickstarter last month, and it is a very, very clever cooperative dungeon defender where each player takes on a very asymmetric role, whether you're the slimes or the dragon or the gremlins or the skeletons. We all have special powers, but we're all working together to keep the heroes out. Uh, the game comes with a ton of different cool little uh, unique story-driven missions with different layouts and stuff like that, and Jen and I really liked it a lot. At its heart, it's a very good cooperative deck builder, and um, it's got amazing components. It was very, very successful on Kickstarter, and so one lucky winner is going to be getting a retail edition of this. I think it's going to be the all-in edition, actually, um, sent to oh. you when, uh, you know, it, it, when its production is completed next year. And so, if you would like to win Keep the Heroes Out, as Ruel says, listen for, well, him to say the word acrylic, and um, <laughs> he will do it when we're talking about a game. I have no idea when he's going to do it, um, but if you spot that, as it says at the bottom of the screen, e send an email to contest at rotto.com with the name of the game we were talking about as the subject of the email. And again, that secret word is acrylic. Let me put it on the screen because I had to double check how to spell it. So uh, uh, just to yeah. make that clear right now, the secret word is acrylic. Don't worry if you spell it wrong. I'll still catch it anyway. And we will do a drawing for that next week. We actually do the drawings for the games in the pre-show. So if you show up live on Tuesday... What day? Tuesday, the 23rd of November at 12 noon uh, Pacific time on Twitch. You can watch us do the drawing to see who wins. And we'll be giving away something else next week. But um, now, right. I think we have gotten all the show business out of the way. Am I, am I forgetting something? Yeah. Like, no, I, I think we've got it all. And I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm thinking here, like, you know, I just totally blew it as far as like, hey, I'm going to be saying the secret <laughs> word. This is what happens when I don't show up for a yep, week, yep, right? Yep. So I need to stay on top of it. Uh, and I can come back every week, folks. So, yeah, just uh, pay attention for the word acrylic and then type in the name of the game and send it over to contestatrado.com. You'll be entered to win your very own uh, copy Keep of the Heroes Out. Hero, what is Keep it called? The Heroes the Get Heroes Out? Heroes Out. Keep I'll, the Heroes Out. A very fun game. Keep you can go watch my run through to see more. Okay, folks. All right. um, and actually, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, if you don't think you're going to win. Um, then you can actually, you know what? I'm going to put a link down in the show notes for that as well. So you can go, because I believe they do have a post-campaign. You know, what was that always called? The Kickstarter pages? They do oh, the late, late backer. backer page. I'm sure they've got one, so I'll put a yep. link for that down in the show notes as well, because it's a lovely little game. But anyway, folks, we are awesome. done with that, and it is time to um, hit what you came here to see. You want us to count yeah. backwards from 10 to 1. Why? I don't know, but we'll try to make it a little bit more interesting by including some kind of game-related topic. <laughs> uh, we just like to count backwards from 10 yep 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 yeah we're getting really good at it too yeah. um we almost do it without right? making mistakes um so this week's topic is the top 10 games we'll never get rid of which actually that's a topic that people have been asking me to do for years and it was one of the first topics we discussed hey maybe we should this should go on our list of things to do but i've always been hesitant to do it until the month of october when like three or four different channels all did this topic at the same time it started with uh yeah. monique naveen uh of, uh, of, uh, before you, before play. you play. Thank you. And then, um, oh, I think Alex of uh, Borgen Code did one. And I, I think I saw a yeah. couple more. And like, well, okay, I guess this is the topic du jour. And we're a little late to the party. <laughs> but 
I sat down this morning and thought long and hard. I don't know what how what was your process for this? This was okay. So here's the thing: it, it was really tough for me because these aren't necessarily our favorite games, mm -hmm. right? These are games that we will never get rid of for one reason or another. Like, and for me, like I started last night and I came up. Okay, so I, I had like a list of like 20 games, right? I narrowed it down to 20 and I had to cut it in half. And it was tough for me because you know, do I keep something for sentimental value right. or do I keep something for replayability? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm thinking all these factors. So I took a little bit of everything uh, on my list. As you'll see, you know, the the games that I end up on my list, you'll see the ones that I chose. And there's a little bit, hey, I'm keeping this because it means something, there's sentimental value to it. There's another one that I'm, I'm keeping because this is, well, for whatever reasons, you'll, you will see. But it was a lot tougher than I thought. It's a really interesting process to go to. And um, I'm curious. To, I, I have a feeling I know what's one of them on yours, but the other four, I have no idea what's Okay. Left. Well, I have no idea what's coming. Well, I, again, I could guess. Because that's the tricky thing. Yeah. The easiest way to do this is say, oh, what are my five favorite games? Okay. That's yeah. it. Done. Yeah. But... I mean, you know, I mean I, it, it just wasn't as simple as that. And so I just kept going through my, my top 300 games, just one after another saying, what would it feel like if I didn't have this game? How would I feel? And I just kept asking myself that over and over again. And there were several of my favorite games. Very few of my top 50 of all time made it onto this list, uh, if I recall Same. correctly. Same. Because, like yeah. you said, I mean, a lot of them are all about emotional attachment or nostalgia or, you know, they represent a certain moment in our lives. I'll be honest. I'm surprised you didn't say it. Some of them are monetary. Some of these are hard to get. And if I didn't yeah. have this, I would never get to play it again. So I think those are really my main two factors. Uh, so last thing before we get going, who's going to start, you or me? Um, I can start. That way, you'll. Uh, I'll start with the number All ten, right. which will lead what is you to the number, your number ten. One. Well, number ten is. Um, let me go to this thing and let me do the little behind the scenes. Okay. Thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, so you're going to put it at the bottom of the screen. I'm going to load up a video of it. Um, and sure enough, why is this not working? Because. Oh my gosh. It's okay. What, what, oh yep, my yep, gosh. We have this cool little okay. feature that allows Ruel to remotely change stuff on my computer so he can update the uh, graphic at the bottom that says what it is, but it's just all of a sudden decided to, to break and die. Okay, let's see if this works. I'm, I'm syncing it yeah. now. Come on, and sync. And if we do, you will reveal the number 10 of our games to number get rid 10. of is... Ah, all Crokinole. right, Crokinole. Folks, yep, that Crokinole, is a good one. Uh, yes. Um, now, I had a really tough time with this yeah. one. Because, so this game is relatively new to me. I only started playing it within the last year. But the amount of joy this game brings me and has brought to everyone that I've played this with is just, oh, it is out of this world. To me, it's the greatest dexterity game of all time. Um, it's basically like a shuffleboard, like a miniaturized shuffleboard uh, style game where you're knocking checkers into each other. Yeah, it's really simple to learn. You're just, you take one color, your opponent takes another color. You're trying to get that middle hole to get the most points. You're trying to knock your uh, other player, the opponent's checkers off the board. And you score, you're, it's a race to 100 points. There's different ways to score depending on where your checkers land after you play all of them in one round. Oh my goodness gracious, Crokinole is amazing. And as you can see here, you know, there's all kinds of different boards you can do, custom graphics. I have one that's like that one right there, just very uh, straightforward. But look at this, you can have maps, you can have, uh, you know, that cool score graphic, whatever. Um, this game is something, I the only uh, the only bad thing about this game, it's so big and bulky, it's hard to like bring to like a party yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? So but you have a giant, it's, it's the, ginormous, right? I've heard some people it is, literally when they're not playing, they hang their crokinole boards on their walls as a work of art. Yes. Yes. And that's what I want to do with mine eventually. Like, you know, they have the little hooks on the back that you can put up there, but um, it, it's just a wonderful game. And the thing is, it's got staying power. This thing, this game was invented, I believe it up in Canada, 150 years ago. So it's not going, there's, you know, I, there's something to be said for a game like that, that has, you know, staying power. Um, I actually thought about this one really, you know, I thought about this one may not stay in my collection because this is the type of thing that you you gift to someone. Like, mm -hmm. you uh, generations go by. Like, you know, I know that people whose grandfathers made their crokinole board, pass it on to their father, pass it on to them. So I can see this going uh, as far as, like, an heirloom thing. Um, I'm going to keep mine, but then, you know, there's going to be the day when I'm no longer around. It's going to be passed on to my stepdaughter, Lauren, who loves it as well. And then she'll pass it on to whoever 
Crocodile folks, I will never get rid of this game. I absolutely love it. Uh, that's my number yeah, 10. Yeah, that, um, that is a uh, beautiful option. I cannot fault it at all. And uh, Has Jen ever made a crocodile board? Oh, gosh, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were talking right up front. She's done a lot of woodworking in her life. Um, I mean, when, back when she was doing it a lot, when she had access to a wood shop when we were living in Seattle, Washington, there was one nearby that uh, she was friends with the person, and they let her come in and do whatever she wanted. I, at that point, we never heard of crokinole or even really modern board games at all so um oh. yeah i mean but i i it's you know i mean I, one thing i mean i've seen i've played crokinole in real life i think the thing that pictures cannot do it justice is just the feel of these things because they are waxed yes. um you know so that you have this incredibly smooth motion it's like the pucks it's it's kind of like it feels like you're playing on an air hockey table the way the movement is but but, have, but there's no electrics oh. it's just so wonderfully preserved and waxed and they are just a blast so simple to teach how to play i mean you said it right much yeah. like our sponsor this week c4 games lab with their um Deluxe game trays. This is something that if you get a really nice one, you will want to, you know, hand it down, and it'll it'll be an heirloom quality thing. That nothing like that even occurred to me. Um, but that is beautiful, and I certainly agree that that is an excellent number uh, ten. And now my only thing is, yeah. why didn't that come in higher? It feels like it should. But yeah, again, this was a tough list to put together. There was a lot of lot of great games we could have gone with, and. You know, as you'll see, uh, some of these, uh, I've got some sentimental value uh, attached yep. to them. But that's my number 10, Crokinole. Let's move on to number nine, sure. my friend. Let's go to number nine, uh, because that's mine. And it is Glory to Rome. Of course. I said it. I'm not going to deny it. Um, yep. If I if I somehow lost my wonderful black box super duper limited edition of Glory to Rome, I would never get it back, and that would make me very sad. In fact, actually, um, when I was uh, last night, I was starting to work on the list and starting to give some thought about what I was going to put on there. And Jen was sitting there in in her chair, and, and I asked, "Well, what, what it, honey, if you could think of one game, what would it be?" And she said, "Glory to Rome." Instantly without even thinking twice about it. Because we both really love the game. It is a brilliant multi-use card game. Um, you know, it's best of class. It's There have been other games that have uh, tried to emulate it, you know, take the core gameplay um, and put it in different settings and whatnot. Even the original designer has revisited the ideas and put them in, like, dinosaur worlds and stuff like that. But nothing touches the original Glory to Rome. The design is brilliant. It is all about rebuilding Rome after the great... What was it? Fire or earthquake or something like that. Every card you have in your hand of cards could either be used for whatever it says on the left, on the right, on the top, or on the bottom. And basically, you slide them under your player board to indicate whether they are building materials, whether they are buildings you're trying to build, whether they are things that generate points for you after you've built buildings. And the uh, secret sauce of this game is it comes with a huge deck of tons and tons of unique cards. And it's just amazing how much variety there is. You will never get two games games of Glory to Rome that play out quite the same because of, you know, whether you'll get a storeroom in Apathir early or late in the game changes everything. And then the other beautiful thing about it, too, is this is a card game where when some player does an action, the other players get to follow and do the action as well. And I believe if you don't have a card that lets you follow what I'm doing, then you shout, Glory to Rome! And you just get to draw another card. So everybody gets to, everybody's involved all the time. Um, it's, nice. It is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It commands prices of probably over $200 for what is basically a deck of cards, um, which, you know, I, I could not in good conscience pay that much money, but I don't have to because I will never get rid of my number nine, Glory to Rome. Yeah, this one is one on my bucket list of games. I've never played this. I've seen it at cons before, but every time, like, my friends or whoever would be playing it, the game would be all full. Like, I, I, I'd have to come back. It's like, oh, can I play yet? No, we're playing this, and I just have not gotten to the point um, to be able to play it, but I know its reputation, and you know there's some drama with the publisher and like the yeah. rights mm -hmm. to it, right? So there's like no way it's ever going to be reprinted, unfortunately. But one of these days I will play it. I don't know if I can pay that type of money for it, but I will. Um, I know friends that have it, and I'm looking forward to playing your number nine, Glory right, to Rome. What's your uh, number eight, sir? Number eight. I'm updating the thing right now. Uh, let's sync it up. And my number eight, folks, is actually a newer game. This one might be a surprise to you. Kohaku. Really? Okay. Kohaku, yes. And there's a reason, a particular reason for this. Like um, Glory to Rome, which is now out of print. Kohaku, the way it was um, printed originally was 
almost like a deluxe version, but it was the retail version, but they have changed it now where that version, which has acrylic tiles mm -hmm. uh, in the game, um, they're no longer, they are now just standard cardboard tiles. Oh, I see. So, so that this like so-called re this retail edition is no longer be available as it is. It's now instead of acrylic tiles, it's going to be cardboard tiles, and it's a wonderful game. It's a gateway, maybe a gateway plus game of uh, tile drafting and then tile placement. You got some set collection. If you see those acrylic tiles, I mean they're absolutely gorgeous, yep. right? I mean these things. I mean you could throw it someone and hurt someone. I mean don't do it, folks. I'm not <laughs> saying go throw it at anyone. But they, they are just some of the most beautiful pieces I've seen in a board game. And it comes with a playmat. And again, the new version of the game, I don't think it's a playmat. I think it's just a standard, you know, board. Okay. Like, um, like the so prototype that they, I played with when I covered it, which is what I'm showing on screen. Exactly. I should show some of this deluxe it, stuff you're talking about. Yeah, the deluxe. I, I think I'm, I might have a video where uh, Michelle and I played it. Um, uh, but anyways, it is a wonderful game. Um, it's it started. It's part of this whole trend of like tile laying games that took like the tile laying mechanism to the next level, mm -hmm. right? So instead of just hey, here's a tile we select set you know collect a different set or two, you've got uh, multiple things going on. You can have like you have like a spatial thing, like can you get them in a certain order? And then you also have a set collection thing. Can you get certain sets of things? And then on top of that, you have can I get certain sets in a particular order? There are the acrylic yeah. tiles right there. They're absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful, 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 folks. Um, and that's a game I will never get rid of because it's a family favorite as well. And, um, you know, as much as I enjoy the game, like the acrylic tiles. Yeah, are, I mean, the beautiful thing at. about them, if you can't quite tell from this image, is, uh, you know, what you're doing is you're building koi ponds by doing tile laying. And these tiles have the fish or the dragonflies or whatever kind of superimposed on top, but they're see-through um, tiles. And uh, you are you feel like oh this is a real pool of water that is you know developing yes. in front of us so yeah i'm kind of jealous i don't have that um all i ever had was just the uh cheap knockoff uh you know prototype when i filmed it and yeah. i did not know yeah. that 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 the um the, this cool deluxe edition was a limited time thing wow yeah i don't i don't think they just recently announced it where it's like, oh, you know, by the way, we're now the game that comes out now is not going to have this the cool uh, tiles and everything. And, you know, it, it, yeah, you, you really you need to see these in real life to appreciate them, friends. Like it's almost like a 3D effect. Like you'll see the koi, you know, on the on the, on the tile and then the like little dragonflies and everything else. They look like they're flying above them. It, it's uh, absolutely amazing. Yep. And that is my number eight, Kohaku. An excellent choice. And and, and uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously not your favorite game of all time by far, but it's one right, you will right. never get rid of. And now that you said all that, if I had it, I would probably, uh, I would probably say the same. <laughs> quite frankly. Okay. Well, let's move on to my number seven, uh, which is definitely, definitely one of our favorite games of all time. It is Roll for the Galaxy. Oh my gosh. And this one, I don't know. I, I, I should have actually looked. Is it hard to get Roll for the Galaxy now? I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, it, it's funny because I know it, it goes in and out of print every, yeah. a couple of years, I right? I think it is definitely yeah. going to be one of those games that will just stick around forever. Uh, you know, people yeah. will always be able to pick it up. It's gotten, I believe, two or maybe three full expansions worth of content now. Uh, that was not the best video yep. to choose. Let me go ahead and choose my earlier video. I just did the first Rotto uh, video I could find. Rotto, Roll, Galaxy. Give me the full run-through, not um, one of the... Yeah, there we go. There it is. There we go. Um, and this one... It, it is not because of its resale value. It is not because of any potential rarity issues, which I don't think are ever going to be the case. Um, it, it, this one is because my wife loves this game so much. I think uh, push came to shove. If, if I had to ask Jen, hey, what are your, what's your favorite board game of all time? This, I don't know if it would be her number one, but it would certainly be one that she would strongly consider. She loves this game so much. We have played this game so much. Um, and, I mean, she it's it's one of those games. If we ever do a top ten games we're up for playing at any time, day or night, uh, this would probably make it as well. Jen and I, I mean, we have spent so much time bonding over this. And it's, a, it's hard. It's a wonderful little galaxy empire building game where you roll dice behind a screen, you try to figure out how best to use them, manipulate them, whatever it might be, um, but you're doing it in secret, trying to figure out what your opponent is going to do, and then everybody reveals at the same time, and if you can get into the head of your opponent, you are going to do very well indeed, because you can follow off of them, uh, same as in uh, Glory to Rome. And 
The yep. thing we probably love more than anything else about it is after we're done, we always like to sit back and say, well, okay, tell me about your empire. Uh, because it feels like we always <laughs> end up creating a really interesting Dune-level story that spans generations where we started out right. doing this, but then we pivoted to the other thing, but then this event happened and all of that. And so, I mean, for us, this it comes to life so much. And we both just have such... I mean, I guess it's nostalgia. I think, you know, we lived in Malta for years. And um, and that's when we played this game a lot. And I think one of the things that will be inexorably tied in my memory, uh, in my nostalgia banks for living in Malta all those years, is playing this game over and over with Jen. And with anybody who would play it with us. Uh, we have played more four-player games of this than just about any other game on my shelves right now. Uh -huh. Because Jen will just take any excuse. She, oh, do oh, you know how to play it? Yeah, let's get out. Let's teach you how to play. Although, I should say, <laughs> this is maybe the hardest game to teach I have ever tried to teach right it is yeah monstrous but the icon yeah the icons and everything it, it can be a bear to teach but this is an excellent choice yep. uh yeah uh, you know just a little inside baseball here this was on my top 10 oh really uh, for the, uh, this list yeah and it, it barely it just it didn't make the cut but yeah it was right there i love this game um i mean you get a, look at all those dice yeah. you get i mean i love rolling dice you got a fistful of dice a cup full of dice there's nothing like that sound of clackety clack and then you put your cup down when you're finished and that's a that's that you know that uh shows just how strongly my wife feels about it you know she said earlier how she hates dice making a lot of noise so she was so in love with our yep. our uh, show sponsored c4 labs with the uh vegan leather tray and she likes how it deadens the sound when she plays yep. Roll for the Galaxy, she gets that cup and she shake a shake a shake a shake a slam. <laughs> yeah. She's just so into just, it. The, uh, yeah, it yeah, is. There's something about it that's just so yep, satisfying. Yep, yep, yeah. I agree. That, that's a great choice. Love cool. it. Well, okay. okay, that was my number seven. What, sir, is your number six? Um, number six. Let me sync it up right now and get it ready. Um, my number six um, is a big time nostalgia for me. Samurai by Reiner Knizia. Um, this is probably my, I want to say it's my favorite Knizia game, but Raw is up there as well. Um, but this is the first one I ever played. So it's got that sentimental value to it. Um, when I first started in the hobby back in 2015, you know, I played games at home, but I eventually made it out to a local gaming meetup. And for the first time ever, I was there. I had no idea what any of these games people were bringing at the table. I was like, you know, I mean, at that time I'd played, I'd played Sushi Go, I'd played Ticket to Ride, I'd played Pandemic. All of this other stuff blew my mind, and Samurai was the first one I played, and I absolutely loved it. It's, you know, you are fighting over the ancient lands of Japan here as uh, Samurai Warriors. You also have Ronins, but you're trying to capture these uh, pieces. It's an abstract game at its mm -hmm. heart, and you're playing tiles down um, that have numbers, and the numbers, you know, you're looking, uh, once a certain tile is uh, surrounded, you'll see who has the most, it's an area uh, majority, and then you will take that one of those, uh, one of those three different ones, I think it's military, uh, farming, and religion, I of believe, those, are the different... Of, of, of those uh, fancy player pieces, those abstract, yeah. kind of almost yeah. chess-like pieces, yeah. Chess-like pieces, yes. And uh, this is actually the version I have as well. This is the original real Grande, uh, Grande edition, uh, not the Fantasy Flight one. Um, so, yeah, I've played this several times over the years, and I always enjoy it. I've taught it to many of my friends. Um, family loves it as well. And just the fact that, hey, this is one of the games that really, like, got me into the hobby. And when I was getting into the hobby, it was the first one I played at a local gaming meetup. I have that memory of, hey, for the first time I met strangers that played games and I had no idea what I was doing, but they welcomed me with open mm. arms, and this was the game that one of the first games we played, uh, Samurai, and you know it eventually became something where I became such a fan of uh, Mr. Uh, Doctor Kinesia that yes. I always seek out his games now. But this is the one that got me started. It's my number six game I'll never get rid of, Samurai. Wow. So I'm curious, what what are your thoughts about the new? you could argue deluxified fantasy flight version where, you know, they completely redid the art. They redid all the pieces. I, I think you, I, you could say they made it less abstract, less like a chess board and more like kind of a modern game board. So what were your thoughts of it? Yeah. Um, I never played the, the fantasy flight version. I did see it and I, you know, yeah, I, I can see how they're doing the fantasy flight thing with the like little miniature style stuff and trying to get more thematic. Uh, to me, the game is brilliant no matter what what you do. I have even though I haven't played that version, I'm sure it's just fine. But I'm perfectly fine and I love uh, the original version uh, that I have and I've had for years and I will never get rid of. 
Yep, I, I don't blame you at all. I think it's it is a brilliant game. Just it just goes to show how um, how far ahead of the curve Kinesia has always been, and everybody else is playing uh, catch up with him. As far as I'm concerned, right? I mean, this game, folks, this is like a 20 year old game. I mean, this was, and it's still. If it was released today, I think it would be. A hit. I agree. It was I agree. Just, it, it's so well done, and like you know, a, a lot of his games that I really enjoy um, are the fact. It's the fact that his rules overhead is very low. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to read a twenty-page rule book to play Samurai. It's like literally like I think two or three pages with a bunch of pictures and stuff. It's so easy to get into, and it's easy to teach, and it's it's a wonderful uh, game. That's a good number but six. That's my number I six. Approve, I have to say. I mean, those pieces. I just love touching them and feeling them. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the yeah. components are so lovely. Okay, well, that was your number six. My number five, yep. sir, is Castles of Burgundy. And I, I had to do it. Oh, so this is the one you knew, right? This yeah, the here's one, the yeah. deal. Actually, I mean, there's two, but this one I knew this was going to be. Yep, I love more than anything else, you know, really rich, crunchy. Many would argue dusty and dry and boring euros that are just all about you know being some middle manager in some Renaissance era European country just building things. I, I don't know why that speaks to me on such a deep level. Maybe because my wife and I lived for so long in Europe and we just loved it so much as Americans living abroad, and maybe that just kind of accentuated it. But you know, as I was going through the list, I mean, several of my choices were about nostalgia, actually, um, or money. This one is not. This one, and I, I should say, I, today I am showing the anniversary edition uh, because if I had to pick, even though I, I like the presentation of the original, the more sedate, laid-back, subdued version that's not quite so, boom, look at me, as the 10th anniversary edition. Right. If you go to the 10th anniversary edition, you've got... 10 years worth of expansions in there. Uh, you know, they just give you so much replayability. And ultimately, at the end, my thinking was I really wanted to include uh, something. You know, you know, what's it? Uh, my last one, Roll for the Galaxy, is kind of there for my wife. This one's here for me because I never tire of this. This is a game that, oh, yeah, if I've got two hours... I, I want to sit down and play it. I want to try some mix of the various and sundry expansions that are available. I want to skip to some place in the video where something interesting will happen because this was a game that Jen and I played, uh, which most people haven't seen. But man, this was, uh, if you can see it in the corner, this was me and Jen for just two hours sitting there staring and crunching. <laughs> and for some people, that sounds horrible. For us, it is the best time. This game has so much replayability in it. And like I said, I... I I don't really have a strong sense of nostalgia for it. I really don't. And this game is always going to be in print, forever. Uh, it's an evergreen game for its publisher. And uh, so it's never going to be hard to get. Plus, they have a really good app version of it. Several games I was thinking, oh, I really love this, but you know what? If I needed to, I could play the app version of this. And Burgundy has an app. But there was just something about this game that when I said, well, what if I didn't have it? What if it wasn't on my shelf? What if I did not own that one game? And that hit me. It was, it was like a pang, and I could not give up that yeah. one. This was not my first game. This was not my first Euro. Um, it, but something about it, it's just, it's important to me, this particular game. It's my favorite Stefan Feld game of all time, and he is my favorite designer. But um, this is my only Feld game on the list. I don't know. I, I, I really, I kind of pride myself. It's kind of my job to articulate my thought process about games. And for me, it sounds cheesy, but there's almost something mystical about this game for me that it just really speaks to me on such a gut level. Um, and I mean, like uh, Roll for the Galaxy, this is a game that I've always tried to get a chance to play under any circumstances. And uh, yeah, I, 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 it would hurt too much to not own my number five, The Castles of Burgundy. <laughs> So good, yeah. It's probably yeah. It's my favorite Feld game by okay. far. Um, I I love it as well. And it was I don't know if it was my top ten, probably definitely my top twenty. Um, as far as this list is concerned. But you know what? You uh, you bring up an interesting point about you know having the app version versus yeah. the real you know the analog version. And there is something there's just more gratifying mm -hmm. to put you know, you're building your estate and you got your little tiles there and you're rolling the dice. There's just you, you can't. To me, you can't replace I, that. I in, completely in agree. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. when the game is over, yeah. I mean, this is a game where you really feel like you accomplish a lot. And you sit back and you look, look at my domain that I have created. And yeah, then you're just going to dump it back in the box. But still, I mean, uh, yeah. very few games give as strong a sense of satisfaction. Didn't actually talk about the gameplay at all. It's also a brilliant use of dice-driven um, actions where you roll the dice and yep. those dice restrict you is because you're trying to get the right things to build into the right place in your province. I mean, it is just, just about flawless. I, I think it's reasonable to complain that 
It's a little on the long side. Could it be one less round? You know, I th- I, if anybody says yeah. that, that's totally fair. But and, and normally, I'm the one to say that. Normally, I'm the one championing <laughs> games that say, okay, we got out. Um, you know, we, we didn't overstay our welcome. I'm sure for some people, Burgundy does. It doesn't for us. It's my number five. But, sir, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is your number four? Number four is, uh, let me update the little oh, thing yo. here. Uh, this is a newer game. Well, newish game. But it is Paperback. <sighs> And I knew there was this, a reason I have you on this show. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, Mich- when, okay. So when Michelle and I were, first started dating, you know, we weren't into modern board games, but we would play Scrabble every now and then on date night. And, you know, Scrabble is the classic word game that everyone, you know, it's either Scrabble or Boggle. And we, we did that plenty of times uh, during, during our dating or, our, you know, before we got married. But then we discovered modern board games and all of a sudden paperback came into my life and it is a oh my gosh the best word game out there in my opinion because it takes two things i love i love deck building i love word games it mashes it together in a wonderful uh blend and folks if you don't if if you like word games this is a game for you now there is a sequel to it a standalone sequel called hardback i for friends that are more into uh, hobby gamers, I would recommend hardback because if that if word games aren't your jam, hardback is more your style because you're going to do things like almost like Star Realms where you're you know playing different factions and stuff, but it's word based. But paperback for me, it's basically Scrabble but uh, Dominion mm-hmm. style. You're playing cards, you know five you know draw five cards just like any standard deck builder. You have to make up a word, as you can see here in the video. Uh, make up a word, and the, the price, of the cost, the the money that you generate with your word, you're going to use those to buy letters that give you special abilities and uh, allow you to um, create longer words, which will give you bonuses and so forth. It is, oh, it's everything I love about a word game. And the best thing apart about it, it's a competitive game, but there's a yes. cooperative version as well which is a lot of fun. You build a pyramid of letters or, you know, the special bonuses that you're trying to unlock before time runs out. It's like, you know, you have a certain number of cubes on each letter you're trying to unlock. Michelle and I love playing that one. Um, you know, as someone, so I, I went to school, I was an English major. That's my jam. I've got, I, you know, my previous life, I was a technical writer. Um, so I'm, I, I love words and I love word games. And for me, paperback is my jam, and that's why it's my number four game. I will never get rid. of. I completely agree. Um, I, it's a wonderful game. And correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't I introduce you to the co-op mode? Am I right about that? Or am I thinking of somebody I else? Don't Did you? Because I was talking no, to somebody you know, about think... this game about how great it is and how I my favorite way to play is co-op. And I think it was you yeah. who said you can play co-op. Maybe it was. You know, when we did, way back in the day, many moons ago, we did that um, uh, video about cooperative yes. games. So I'm going to have to look I back. I think Maybe that was did. it. Yeah, I think uh, somebody owes me yeah. a gift basket. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a gift basket that includes a dictionary. <laughs> yes, that maybe could teach me how to spell certain words that may or may not be said at any given point. Everybody needs to be listening for those words. Right. <laughs> or yes, yes, it also helps in paperback too. That even makes even more sense. You're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Love that game, and uh, yeah, uh, we yeah, uh, paperback. It will never leave my collection. I, I completely agree. So that was your number four, correct? Yes. Right. That okay. Is my number four. All righty. Well, let's move on then to my number three. Another one I will never part with. It is Shadowrun Crossfire. Okay. Um, and I think longtime fans of my show aren't necessarily going to be surprised by that. Uh, this is, I think, my, my second highest rated game in my entire collection. And uh, I, it is... I, th- this game... I shouldn't like this game, quite frankly. And neither should my wife. We should both hate this game for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> it is set in the Shadowrun universe, which is kind of like a... Uh, it's kind of like uh, Blade Runner... Uh, crossed with Lord of the Rings. It's a uh, you know a future dystopic uh, you know big cities, but with orcs and dragons and stuff running around. It's a really oddball thing. Jen should hate it because you spend a lot of time running around with machine guns shooting each other in this world. And um, I should hate it because yeah. I have just never found the subject matter to be even remotely enticing. Uh, I've, I've always been aware of it. I remember video games back when I worked at Nintendo a million years ago. There was a really very popular Super Nintendo game based on the Shadowrun universe. And I'm like, why do people like this? I 
don't I just don't get it. Um, but this game, both Jen and I have fallen so hard in love with it in spite of those things that would keep us away. At its heart, it is a cooperative, very fast-playing um, deck builder where each of us are on a shadow run and we're under crossfire. Basically, uh, it's, the, it's one of those situations where the job has gone bad. Um, you know, our, you know, whoever hired us, you know, turned us into the cops and now we're on the run and the entire game, which is very fast. This is a 20 to 30 minute game. Um, all you're trying to do is survive and get out before you get worn down. And, uh, this game is one of the harshest, most punishing co-ops on the market. It is up there with your ghost stories. Um, and that, uh, it's, really puts you through the ringer. And that's a big reason why I love it so much. Uh, because, I mean, it it makes me and Jen both feel so brilliant when we pull off a win because the odds are so much against us. But the brilliant thing I love about it is, if, if okay, we're not going to make it. Um, spoiler alert from an, for an old movie um, for, with starring Kurt Russell and, oh, uh, not John, the guy with the ponytail. Um, above the law guy, Steven Seagal. Um, Steven Seagal. What was that movie? Oh. Uh, executive executive decision. decision. Thank you. <laughs> okay, spoiler alert for Executive Decision. One of my favorite mo mo moments in movies of all time. Spoilers! 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This game gives us that feel. Because if we realize, wow. honey, I am not going to make it. I I'm up against it. Um, I'm going down next round. And, and that's when all of our strategies have to pivot. And suddenly, it's all about survival. Can Jen get out alive? Because if I go down, Jen has to survive one round where everybody piles on her. And it's the most dramatic moment in all of board gaming when that happens. Um, man, I feel really bad about wow. spoiling Executive Decision now. <laughs> oh, because it's such I mean, it's an amazing moment. Um, it yeah. was in the commercials, though, to, to be fair, uh, as I recall from back then. Fortunately, oh man, I might have to edit that out. I think I'm going to have to do some editing on this video because I feel so bad about that. But anyway, oh, okay. uh, it, well, it's still a great movie after that, even if you know that's happening. Um, but So, yeah. th you know, this movie or this game captures that feeling. So, I love everything about it. It's wonderful to have such a really dense, exciting, dramatic, uh, and, and deep. It's a really smart deck builder, too. It does a lot of really great stuff. The reason why it's on the list is because it is out of print, and it's probably never coming back. The publisher released a Shadowrun Crossfire... Uh, they didn't call it the Deluxe. They called it the Runner Edition. A couple years after my first edition came out, and they made some core fundamental changes that I fundamentally disagree with. And so, if you are going to pick up a copy, it's going to be that newer edition. And you can kind of retroactively apply the old rules to the new version, but I want to hold on to this. I, I never want to lose it. I mean, I'm happily play this anytime, anywhere, and I think it's, over time, it's just going to get harder and harder and harder and harder to get this first edition. Plus, I also have the expansion, the high-octane expansion, which is going to be impossible to get. So I will never lose these. And just talking about it now makes me want to play it again and apologize one more time to anybody watching uh, about the executive decision spoilers. But, I mean, there's just no better way to encapsulate the, the feelings it gives you. No other game I know yeah. of gives a feeling like this. And Shadowrun Crossfire does it almost every time you play. My number wow. three. I, I've never played this game, but just listening to it, like the theme, and then the fact that you compared it to Executive Decision, I'm like, I need <laughs> to play this game. I, I, that, that was such a fun movie, right? Yep. And, um, you know, again, we, you, you can edit out the spoilers if you want, but um, it, it's, it's a, a terrific movie. Um, well, it's one of those, like, I, I call it good, bad movies, because it's pretty cheesy. You know, if you really think about it, come on. I, you know, quite Some frankly, the, the, the moment I talked about is what elevates that movie. If that moment didn't happen, <laughs> it would just be a typical 90s action film. I mean, yeah. they were super but common. The fact that that happened, you know, post like, I saw this movie, yeah, I saw this movie in the theater, and literally the entire theater cheered at that moment. It was so <laughs> That is funny. not the response that I think the, the, uh, the filmmakers were trying to engender, but I certainly understand. I remember the 90s, yes. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha.
Oh, I can't wait to play it. Okay. All right, so what is so your, your number two, sir? Cross, crossbar. <laughs> nice. Let's move on to my number two. And uh, this is a game. It, it's easy to find. You can find this at Target, okay. folks. Uh, this, yeah, this is super easy to find. It's Ticket to Ride. Uh, this is a game. You were just talking about how you and Jed played a ton of Roll for the Galaxy back in the day, back right. in Malta. When I got into the hobby, it was all about Pandemic. Um, that I played the game Pandemic. That's what brought me in the hobby. But it didn't bring Michelle into the hobby. And, you know, she, she loved the theme, but she didn't really like the gameplay of Pandemic. But a month after I got in Pandemic, I bought my uh, bought a copy of Ticket to Ride, and that was it. Um, Michelle fell in love with that game. We played it every night, maybe sometimes multiple uh, times a night for a week straight. Um, I always bring this up. She still has the greatest uh, wing streak in our house. Uh, she beat me seven times in a row. <laughs> uh, she will never let me forget it, and I always have to shout her out. Seven straight games she beat me in Ticket to Ride, but... I loved every moment. Um, we This is the game that brought our entire family in. And honestly, this was not literally a life changer for yeah. me. Because, what, what? you know, I got, uh, yeah, I got into the hobby because, you know, I was into the hobby because of pandemic. But Ticket to Ride really opened it up where the rest of my family got into it. Oh. I got, you know, friends into it. And that led me to go to my first public gaming meetup a couple of months later. And that uh, brought me to the um, the writing side where I brought my skills as a writer. I started writing for a website called Isolate of the Dragon, which led me to Geek and Sundry. I was wow. writing for them, which led me to Becca Scott Show, Game the Game, which eventually led me to other... It's it's a life changer, Rado. And that's why I'll never get rid of it. I can get a copy of it anywhere, at a Target, wherever, but this copy, it's got the wear and tear of years. <laughs> The box is all dinged up. The cards, some of the cards are, you know, might have been like folded a couple of times or, you know, a little trashed or whatever. But that's because it was played so much. And um, some of the, you know, I might have spilled a drink on part <laughs> of the board as well. I, But, you know, I love it. I will never get rid of it because it, it, this game and this hobby has literally changed my life in the last five years. So this is all about sentimental value. Yeah. Ticket to ride. Now, having said that, whenever we play the game, it's always we always play the um, Pennsylvania expansion. We like that one better with the stocks. And oh, stuff. okay, okay. But Wait, okay, so yeah, all the ticket to rides have come out. Uh, you, you—that's your favorite iteration of it. That's my favorite iteration. But this one again, set, strictly sentimental value, and because it changed my literally changed my life. Uh, ticket to ride the base game. Wow. You know, it, it's I, I love it, I love it to pieces, and yeah, uh, that makes that's, that's perfect sense. And actually, yeah. the, the the most telling thing about that was not that. Oh yeah, this was my gateway. This is the game I used to gateway my family. Yes. Yes, because without them, who am I playing games with? I'm soloing Pandemic for the next, you know, six months straight, maybe, you know? But because they got excited about the game, they got, you know, we we started having the annual Gaviola game night where Lauren, she brought her friends over and I introduced them to a bunch of modern board games. They'd never played Escape. We mm -hmm. talked about that mm -hmm. um, during the pre-show, um, Escape uh, from the Curse of the Temple. That was one of the favorites that we played and it all started because of Ticket to Ride. Um, that's, that's why it's a game I'll never get rid of. That makes perfect sense. And you know what? That uh, is very much in keeping with... That was your number two. My number yep. one, for many of the same reasons, is Pandemic. Pandemic, of yes. Of course. Uh, of course. Let me see if I can pull it up. And uh, sorry for folks watching that um, you just had to look at us for half of Ruel's impassioned speech because I, I couldn't find... I know I've done a run-through for Ticket to Ride London, but I couldn't find it. Uh, actually, I should oh, say, okay. for the no record, worries. my favorite way to play Ticket to Ride is those new Express Londons and New Yorks. They're brilliant. I, they are so good. But we're not talking about that. Yeah. We're talking about my is number they... one, Pandemic. And just like yep. you, I mean this Pandemic right this. here. Yeah. This is the game that I did not know existed. I did not know modern designer board games existed. And I walked into Blue Highway Games in Seattle, Washington and asked them for a copy of Travel Scrabble because my wife and I were about to take a trip. And I remembered as a child playing, having a copy of Travel Scrabble, you know, the version where you could close it and it kind of saves your progress. Yep. I thought, oh, that'd be great. We'll play that when we're on the road. And the guy took one look and I said, you, you don't want Scrabble. <laughs> Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your wife. Tell me what your situation is. And I walked out of there with this literal copy. And it's actually full of stuff because pretty much all the original expansions for this are in the box. You can hear my Petri dishes rattling around in there. Um, yes. And ex your Ticket to Ride story, everything you said, beat for beat, um, Pandemic did for me. Uh, it instantly converted both me and Jen into board game geeks. We took it on a road trip 
through France. We were on the road for a week, staying in all kinds of beautiful places. We saw amazing things. Uh, you know, and but every night we were, just couldn't wait to get back to our dinky little camper van so we could play another <laughs> game of this under really crappy fluorescent lights, and we could find a new way to lose. We lost our first four games, <laughs> and I think we lost a different way the first three times before we finally got our win, and we realized, oh my God, why didn't we know this existed? Uh, um, and when we got back home, we kept playing it, and then I started looking for other games. And I've actually told this whole story in my top... I, I, if you search for Rado, first 10 games, I, I broke down. It started with Pandemic and you know what happened after that. And I had some rough patches. It took me a while to um, get to where I could identify a game that would or would not work for me and my wife, Jen. And um, mm. there were some times where like, well, maybe this is a one-off thing. Maybe a pandemic, maybe there's nothing else worth uh, you know, really seeking out. But this one was so powerful, so impactful for us that I kept going. There's got, I mean, this can't be the only good game. And so I kept finding more. So not only did this get me started, but it inspired me to keep going. And just like you, my entire life has changed because of that game, because yeah. of what Matt Leacock, when he put pencil to paper and came up with a brilliant idea for what is still, as far as I'm concerned, the nearly perfect cooperative game, at least perfect for us. And I will never, yeah. ever say goodbye to this because this little collection of cardboard and wood Changed my life and my wife Jen's. We, you and I would not be here today if it wasn't for pandemic, yeah. and that's why it's my number one. Phew. That's fantastic choice. Yeah. Wow. It, it's it's funny how we both chose as our top game the one that changed our lives yeah. as far as our careers and everything else. You know, it's it's you know it, it is uh, that that's what we we do here, folks. We talk about the games that mean the most to us, and uh, these are the games that we'll never get rid of. Great list. Great list. And Pandemic was on my top 10 as well. It just Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know yeah, assumed, Pandemic is I, I one of your gateways also, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that there it is. Our top 10 games that we'll never get rid of. Cool. Yes. Well, thanks for watching, folks. And um, don't forget, send that email to uh, contestatraw.com if you were able to spot the moment where Ruel said acrylic and um, and see if you can win a copy of... Keep the heroes out. And we will be doing that drawing not a week from today, or no, a week from right now. Actually, I should say, we will be doing the drawing for that on Tuesday the 23rd at noon. So you have basically until noon on Tuesday, November 23rd, to figure out when we set it, send that name of that game to contest at rotto.com, and good luck um, on winning. And, uh, well, I think, I think we're all done here. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on out okay. of here. Um, well, then, in closing, yeah. I just want to say thanks once again to my co-host. Thanks for everybody watching, and thanks to the sponsor of the show, uh, C4 Games. Again, you can check out these beautiful, beautiful pieces on Kickstarter right now. Thanks for watching, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye.